Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, uh, Ted Odorico, of course, each and every week. And apologize there. I was uh, just waiting for one of the other guests to come on, and, and we were just sort of testing, and I forgot we were going live. So, uh, But he's here with us now. Um, just want to remind everybody, of course, we are live every Thursdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Central or 7 to 9 uh, for those of you on the East Coast under Eastern Standard Time. And for those of you on the West, uh, West Coast uh, in the United States, of course, we're on Pacific Time, which is 4 to 6. So glad you could join us if you're... Uh, new to the program, welcome, and uh, thank you for stopping by. And just to refresh everybody's memory, of course, to go to the show live, uh, go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golftalklive is the direct link, or you can just uh, type in blogtalkradio.com, go up in the search key and just type Golf Talk Live, and that will bring you to the main page uh, as well. Got a great show for you tonight. We're going to start off uh, with a Coach's Corner panel. It's got three great uh, um, professionals on uh, tonight. Uh, all of them have been on the program before, and I'll introduce those uh, uh, individuals in just a moment here and then uh, a little bit later in the show I'm going to be joined by Pat Roke who is the uh, referred to as the business boomer and she's up in the New Jersey area she'll be calling in a little bit later in the show uh, and she's going to be talking about some of the great ways uh, for networking and building your, your golf business for those of you in the business and for those of you looking to get into uh, golf whether for pleasure or for business she's going to be talking about some great ideas and some great golf expos that are taking place up in the northeastern part of the United States uh, in the months to come. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, uh, again, uh, we are live during the Thursday broadcast from 6 to 8 uh, p.m. Central. And uh, for those of you who want to call in during the, uh, during the live broadcast, you're welcome to do so. You can call us here at area code 646-716-4667. Uh, or you can email questions or comments to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Always update the program, of course, on social media. Uh, Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash Golf Talk Live blog. That is the uh, official page for uh, Golf Talk Live. And while you're there, if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you'd uh, like the page while you're visiting. And as I said, I update the, uh, the show every week on that page as well as my own personal page. Uh, also, for those of you following me on Twitter, uh, go to Ted and Buck CEO, and that's CEO in capital letters. And uh, that's my Twitter page. And, uh, again, we also uh, update the program there as well. But thank you for stopping by, and let me just introduce the, the gang here, and we'll bring them on. First up, of course, is John Hughes. has been on many, many times. Uh, 
uh, throughout uh, the 2015 uh, season. Pretty much uh, every, at least once a month, he's on on the show as one of the panel discussion uh, guests, and he's also been on as a, a featured guest as well. And he's a PGA Master Professional, as well as the Vice President and Secretary of the North Florida PGA Section, and he was the uh, recipient of the 2013 PGA of America Horton Smith Award. Uh, very seasoned veteran of the game, and uh, he's located down in Orlando, Florida. So if you're in that area, uh, make sure you look up Mr. John Hughes. Uh, also joining on the panel tonight is Bob Foreman. Uh, he's uh, newly appointed to the Director of Fitness and Wellness for Congressional Country Club in Bethesda, uh, and he also holds a Master of Science degree in Exercise uh, Physiology. He's a certified as a fitness uh, golf fitness instructor through the uh, TPI, or Titleist Performance Institute, and is also a certified personal trainer uh, through the American College of Sports Medicine. And certainly last but not least, and rounding up the panel, of course, is Jamie Leno-Zimron, who has also uh, been on the show a number of times, and she's a Class A LPJ teacher professional, and also referred to as the Golf Sensei, and that's because she is a pioneering fifth-degree Aikido black belt, um, very uh, well-versed in the martial arts, and she's also a somatic uh, psychologist, uh, she also does corporate and visage international speaker, uh, executive trainer, body mind fitness expert, and citizens diplomat. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to Golf Talk Live's Coach's Corner. Thank you, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Good to be here. Thank you very much. And Bob, welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ted. Uh, kind of stuck here on 495, <laughs> so sorry, I was getting a little, getting a little nervous trying to get to you. Not a not a problem. Thanks uh, thanks for stopping by. All right, guys. Um, I, I was telling the other two, Bob, and, and obviously I'll fill you in now. Uh, what I decided to do, it, we've got just a couple of shows here this uh, tonight, and then one more uh, before we end the, the 2015 season and take a break for the holidays. And I know lots of people have traveling going on and getting last minute things ready for uh, for the upcoming uh, uh, holiday celebration. So uh, I thought I would end it here on sort of an interesting note uh, for the next two weeks. I'm going to do the same with the panel next week. And I wanted to really uh, sort of celebrate the professional. And uh, obviously, uh, Jamie and, uh, and uh, John uh, focus more on the teaching uh, side uh, as a golf professional. And Bob, I know you're more on the fitness and wellness side. So um, we're, we're going to sort of apply, and you'll understand as the questions come up here, um, sort of apply each of your own uh, strengths and weaknesses, if you will, uh, to, to the questions at hand. And what I wanted to do is I wanted uh, each of you, and John, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to throw you under the bus first. Um, the question I'm going to start with is I want you to maybe talk about the turning point uh, as a professional. What was sort of the defining moment in your career that you decided everything has sort of come to, everything sort of gelled together and, and everything's sort of running on all cylinders? Was there a defining moment in your career or are you still sort of working towards that? I would say instead of you throwing me under the bus, I think we're both <laughs> all still driving the bus. Uh, the... Uh, there's within anybody's career, there's defining moments, but I think if you if you rest on a defining moment, you sort of go stale. I've been recently throwing some thoughts of the week out there, and it sort of goes hand in hand with uh, my thought this week from Lou Holtz. And to paraphrase it, if you think you did something great yesterday, you haven't done anything today. Right. And there's there's tons of defining moments throughout my career that uh, I can talk about. But, and it's it's the smaller ones that really mean a lot, that propel mm-hmm. me and keep propelling me, whether it's uh, an amateur not knowing 
what they're capable of and, and they find out uh, through some assistance I've been able to provide them or, or some of the people that I work with have been able to provide them assistance for them to realize potential. Uh, a mentor, uh, a coach, a confidant, uh, just saying the right thing at the right time to help me get over a, an obstacle or a hurdle or just waking up one day, quite honestly, and, and experience something I wasn't planning on doing, but yet it was motivational and it's inspirational enough to sort of open my eyes to things that uh, I'm not, wasn't currently doing. Uh, right. I think we all in a, in a teaching and coaching career uh, tend to have those moments throughout our entire career, not necessarily one that defines you and propels you. Uh, and and that's the catalyst from there on out. All the great mentors and coaches that I've ever surrounded myself with can tell numerous stories about those uh, moments. I think the real particular one for me, in a very comical way, and I'm not going to – I've told this before using anonymous (laughs) names, was when I I last sat behind a counter at a golf uh, course – in South Carolina, and a Mrs. Smith came in and wanted her umbrella fixed on a perfectly dry day. I offered her a brand new one, identical, and she wouldn't take it, and I ended up riding in a cart for three holes behind her trying to fix her umbrella with every contraption you could think of, a stapler, duct tape, scissors, screwdrivers, you name it. she, She had to have this umbrella. The defining moment there for me was I wasn't, cut out to fix umbrellas, but at the right. same time, it took me away from doing what I was really liking to do at the time, and that was to teach, and I ended up being late to a, a lesson that day, which uh, within two weeks, I had put in my my two-week notice and haven't looked back. That was the beginning of my full-time teaching career, so I have to thank Mrs. Smith for that, and hopefully her umbrella is still working. <laughs> Yeah, very good. I like that. That was a great story, John. Um, Jamie, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to you uh, next, and uh, and um, and then Bob, I'll, I'll let you round it out. Um, Jamie, what about yourself? I mean, you've obviously had a lot of extensive training, not only in golf but uh, also in martial arts, and and I know that you work uh, hand in hand with both of those areas in, in what you do, um, both on and off the golf course. But was there a time in your career? Uh, as a professional, whether it be uh, when you were first sort of starting out or has it been somewhere along the journey that you've just sort of really come to, to an awareness, if you will, of everything just sort of flowing uh, in, in the right direction? That was for Jamie. Sorry, that was on mute. Uh, I have two stories I could share with everyone. Uh, because I've had kind of an odd path, I would say, to being a professional. I was a junior state national champion, and I went to college about a year or two before Title IX kicked in, which would have uh, created a golf scholarship for me. But since there wasn't a golf scholarship and not much of a golf team at Stanford, when I went to Stanford, uh, I just missed it by a couple of years, I kind of changed directions. I didn't go further with golf, which I, I certainly could have, you know, if I played on tour, but I didn't. I started practicing martial arts because I didn't have a golf scholarship. And uh, when I was 25, I opened my own martial arts school in in San Francisco. 
And I was teaching one day, and I was showing how you put your hands on a wooden sword that we use in, in martial arts. And I said, uh, well, you see, it's a lot like golf. <laughs> and yeah. I had I had this feeling on the like tip of my tongue, tip of my whole body, my whole first five years in, in Aikido up to my black belt, feeling like I kind of knew this. It was very familiar. I didn't know why until that moment it popped out of my mouth. I went, it's a lot like golf because the way you put your hands on a sword is exactly the way you put them on, on a golf club. The only difference is there's space between your hands in martial arts on a sword, but in golf we actually tend to overlap or, you know, interlock the hands so that they connect more. Uh, but, you know, that moment was like, oh, and all of a sudden that tip of my tongue feeling became very clear to me. And I realized that the feeling of, of kind of extending my energy through this long instrument, right, whether it was a sword or a golf club was very familiar. And we have a, th- uh, a throw in Aikido that kind of goes to the back like a backswing and forward like a forward swing and it was like ding, 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 and it all started right. kind of gelling, shall we say, and falling place. And years later, I, you know, I really didn't golf a lot for, gosh, 15, 20 years. I was so busy um, nationally, internationally doing martial arts. But uh, I was in San Diego, and a friend of mine since kindergarten, <laughs> the state I grew up in, uh, was visiting me, and she said, y- you know, I'm golfing. Would you give me a golf lesson? And so I took my sword and my set iron. She took her golf clubs. We went out to Torrey Driving Range, and I started showing her some things, and I taught it just like it was a martial arts lesson. <laughs> and wow. uh, she starts hitting the ball. It starts going up in the air. I'm like, you got to be centered and match up your back swing and your follow-through, and you don't want to use brute force. Use your, your relaxed, uh, connected, energetic breath power. Use your lower body, all these kinds of things. And she literally fell on the ground and screamed and tossed her legs and her club up in the air. And she went, oh, my God, this is like enlightenment. You you ought to teach this to the world. And that was a very defining moment because, um, you know, I, it was um, it was really the beginning of, of Kiai Golf. I kind of went very quietly for about a year. I started putting some things together, which I may talk about a little more um, right. after that. But, uh, you know, and then, and that's what really got me back to golf and led me back to the LPGA and becoming a class A teaching professional and on and on and on. So that was quite quite a moment, a one hour um, in my life <laughs> that changed things. Well, and, and see, to, to do so well. Right, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, there are times in, in, in everybody's career where, where things happen. And, and I wanted to, to really talk about that. I thought it was kind of an interesting thing because – you know, we all kind of have an idea, um, you know, why we got into the business and, and you know, why, what reasons we, we uh, you know, sort of gravitated towards golf, um, whether it was, you know, being introduced as a youngster or, um, you know, for some other reason. And it's interesting to hear um, some of the different stories, if you will. And, Bob, I know yours is a little bit different because um, you're not really, um, per se, a uh, a golf teaching professional in the same uh, sense, but you approach it from a little bit different. But I know that you as well uh, do work with a lot of golfers and um, in addition to, to others, but you also have um, uh, impacted golf uh, in a unique way because you, you focus on the, the wellness and the fitness side of, which is very important. People don't always uh, associate golf with a, a physical sport, but really it is in many ways. So, Talk about your defining moment um, and and how it's uh, been able to propel you uh, to where you are now. Well, I mean, I you know, in the 30 years I've been in the fitness field, uh, always had an interest in combining the golf, which I enjoy playing, 
and the uh, the physical side of it, the physicality of the golf swing. And so when I attended the uh, first World Golf Fitness Summit back in 2006, when uh, Greg Rose and Dave Phillips introduced their 10 years of research into the uh, the physical aspect of the golf swing, it was kind of a definitely a wow moment for me, a defining moment for me, and uh, it really kind of opened up the game, it changed the game overnight. And uh, came back and uh, did a lot of research, did some pilot studying, went back and got certified with TPI and, and have studied a lot of Gary Gray's uh, stuff. You know, he's a biomechanics uh, biomechanist up in Michigan and uh, does a lot with movement science, which is really kind of an up-and-coming uh, branch in fitness. And, and it's uh, really uh, interesting and exciting information to help people kind of identify where their deficiencies are, their musculoskeletal deficiencies, and then to help them correct those deficiencies so that you can improve the efficiency of movement. And in doing so, you're going to enhance performance no matter what it is, whether it's golf, tennis, uh, or just uh, general general activities of daily living. But uh, you're also impacted upon their health in a very positive way. Well said. And, uh, interesting story. Thank you uh, for sharing that as well, Bob. And I, you know, again, I, I really wanted to sort of set the tone this evening um, along this line for, for a very specific reason. I wanted to give um, really the audience an opportunity to hear, um, you know, sort of where where you guys are coming from and, and, and what sort of helped propel you to the levels that you are at now. And it brings me to sort of the next, uh, you know, phase of the conversation, and that is um, remembering some of the best moments as a professional. And I'd like, and again, uh, you know, feel free to, to do as, as John did, as, you know, plug in some fictitious names if you want, um, or maybe just stick with the first name. But uh, I'm, I'm going to start, John, back with you again. But um, was there any students that you felt uh, benefited greatly from what you did? And, and, and obviously, I know many of them do, but were there any particular uh, scenarios that you can give? Maybe just give us an example of one where, um, working with them, whether it was through a group of, of lessons or whether it was worth uh, uh, through, excuse me, a, uh, uh, a period of time um, where everything just sort of fell together very nicely. And at the end of the, the sessions, if you will, uh, you just came away with a feeling that, yeah, this person or this individual uh, really understood and, and grasped what it was I was trying to get across and was able to take their game to that next level. Can you give us maybe an example of that? Oh, sure. The, the the one that sticks out immediately that happened within the past couple of years was uh, this gentleman's name is Bob. I'll leave the last name out. Came to a golf school that I was teaching in 90, I believe he was 96 years old and was playing two or three times a week. Lives in a home, not an assisted living home, but just a, a home where there was other older people his age or a little bit younger that had a lot of common interests and one of them was mm-hmm. golf so they'd play nine holes every Tuesday and Thursday and his son and daughter-in-law convinced him hey Bob you need to come to a golf school with us so uh, as I'm teaching this gentleman over three days it became quite apparent the very first day that as anybody could have at that age, some movement deficiencies, uh, loss of power, loss of speed, loss of accuracy. And he basically said, you know what, John, this is a hobby for me. It's to, it always has been, always will be. 
it keeps me alive, it keeps me active, it keeps a smile on my face. And for the past year and a half, I just haven't smiled. Just do whatever you can do to make me smile. So after about five minutes of talking to him and watching him hit balls, I I basically asked him one question. If you had to leave here in two or three days with one nugget and one nugget only, that would make you smile. What would it be? And without hesitation, he was basically, you know what? I'd love to be able to feel the compression of the ball one last time on my driver, no matter how far it went. So for three days, this gentleman worked harder in proportion to his age and physicality than anybody I'd taught in a long time, uh, including tour pros. This guy was just constantly doing what I asked him to do. I, I literally had to sit around, Bob, sit down, take a break. <laughs> uh, his daughter-in-law said, leave him alone, leave him alone. Within, oh, we, we started on a Tuesday, I believe, and ended Thursday. Tuesday, he was barely hitting his driver, 110, 115. And by Thursday afternoon, he was hitting at about 175. And it really didn't have a lot to do with hitting a lot of balls so much as just having him remember what it felt like to be him. They invited me to dinner that evening, and this guy could – I felt – he couldn't take his eyes off me. I I was very uncomfortable during dinner. He was just constantly just staring at me, big smile on his face. I'm like, Bob, what's wrong? Well, you know, what, you're smiling at me. We accomplished that. What's the deal? He says, you know, I haven't felt like that since I was 40-something, getting it 200 and whatever it was with a persimmon driver and a, whatever the ball was at the time. And I'm I'm so happy. I, I don't know what else to do. He was, he was just literally frozen in time that way. And I still hear from Bob. I hear from Bob every couple of months. He still plays. I remind him of some of the things that he that we did, and he's actually been able to just improve his lifestyle overall as far as strengthening his core and having better posture. And now he doesn't have as big an issue with some of the other motor skill and movements that elderly people have. It, that that's one that really sticks out. I've worked with a lot of great players, and I've worked with a lot of great people, but. That one in particular to me sort of stands out for two reasons, not for anything I did so much as for what he did. You, you just never know what you can accomplish. If you rest on your laurels and have expectations, you're doomed for failure. And, and Bob was willing to look beyond what he thought his capabilities were without expectation of what he used to do. But going along with that, hand-in-hand, hand, you've got to be able to work a little bit at it. You've got to be willing to go that little extra mile, uh, whether someone's telling you to, uh, someone's motivating you to do it, you should be self-motivated to do it, and and, when, and know what your limits were. And what was funny for me from a teaching standpoint of view is watching this gentleman and really understanding what limits could be when the right inspiration and motivation was there. I, I still remember that. I, I still talk to people about that. Uh, it, you had to live it. You had to be there to really appreciate it. But I think it's it's a lesson for us all that where there's a – I've I since sort of changed the 
phrase, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You absolutely can yep. if they're willing to. And that's well, really the key for anybody listening out there, whether you're an instructor, someone trying to get better. If you have a will to do it, you're capable of doing it. you got to believe in yourself. Well said. Um, great, great story, uh, John. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Jamie, I'm going to go on to you. Um, uh, do you have a, a particular student or maybe even a group of students um, with a similar uh, story where you've um, sort of gotten all cylinders firing here, if you will, and, and you've worked with them and, and through um, some of the things that you've taught them, some of the discussions that you've had with them, you just had came away with a sense that they really understood the message that you were trying to convey and um, and and as a result, they were able to take away um, a positive experience. And I know you have many of them, but maybe just share one uh, uh, briefly with us, if you would. Uh, yeah, well, first I just want to thank John for that beautiful story. That really uh, made me smile and warm my heart a lot. It's really a great story. Um, I'm thinking of a, a couple shorter ones. Um, I had a kid, he was 10 years old, a gifted athlete. I always call him kind of my young Adam Scotty just reminded me of him and his looks and his build and even at 10 and he was a great baseball player and he was pretty good at golf and uh, as we were starting to get into lessons he was applying what we were doing to both his his baseball and his golf but it came a point he kind of needed to decide after a couple years where he was going to focus and he chose golf and he decided that he just loved that uh, the personal focus that it gave him and loved the feeling of what he was doing and the flow and, and all that was going on in itself. And he uh, has qualified now for the uh, Web.com tour. And wow. so, yeah, which, you know, is really, really nice. And I talk to his parents and him occasionally. You know, obviously he's had other teachers along the way and was a college standout. But... Um, you know, it just always made me feel good that from what we did at that point in time, he, he chose golf, and even now as a young man and attempting to get on a, to, to play at the top level, that he still goes back to some of those roots that, that we worked on, which is really, a, you know, a nice feeling. And then, then I think of another guy who was about 40 years old, and he's been golfing since he was a kid, a uh, businessman, and we he came for lessons all the time, and where he hit the ball so nicely, he was you know had that that kind of golf ability since he was a kid. But I have this balance board that I got from a couple of tennis pros who developed it. It's called Grail Sports. It's an eight board uh, balance board, and we've been using it in golf. And it's a connected kind of balance board, so you have two two discs and put your feet are on there. Anyways, we worked quite a bit on just being on that board, turn the board with your feet, turn the board with your feet to get him out of trying to kind of muscle it in any way at all with his arms or hands and really get things connected. And I'll never forget this one shot he hit where he it was as pure as pure as pure could be. And the feeling that he had, he at, at the end of that shot, we were both silent for like five minutes. And then he finally spoke and he said, I've been looking for that that feeling, that shot my whole life. <laughs> he said, if I never hit another <laughs> shot, I did it. I got that feeling. I can't believe it. He was so happy. And, you know, that was just a wonderful, wonderful moment. It was kind of one of those exalted moments that you have. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and, and I can also just br- briefly mention my dad. He's now 95. And, unfortunately, he was riding his bike at age 89, and he took a fall when he was answering his cell phone. And, 
mm. and ended his golf. But from age 80, which is about the time I started teaching uh, TI golf, to age 89, he became one of my best students, and he improved consistently from age 80 to 89 and had a full full swing arc. Uh, I do some fitness work as well, and uh, it was just a delightful to to work with my dad, you know, <laughs> and to be right. with taught me his game and to see him improving uh, and and keeping his flexibility and and even improving his swing in in the whole decade of the eighties was very nice to see. What a uh, great story as well, Jamie. Thank you uh, for sharing that. Um, Bob, I know that uh, you've got some great stories as well, and I know that working with a lot of uh, golfers and, and helping them transition physically, was there any uh, particular students that you worked with that you can recall? And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be professional. It could be uh, obviously non-professional as well um, that sort of stand out, that really, uh, again, sort of gravitated to mm-hmm. what you were working with them uh, on and what you saw obviously some some noticeable results not just in their in their appearance but obviously they notice the results in their ability to to get out there and hit the ball better and play better and just enjoy uh, overall around i'm sure you've got uh, a story or two that you could share well yeah i mean the uh, the fitness folk is still a real component to golf so i mean it's, it's very exciting being in, in that aspect and uh you know i tell you it's you work with a lot of uh, golfers of all ages, all levels, and uh, you know everybody's got deficiencies. Uh, you know, I, have, I haven't uh, tested a golfer yet that has gone through the physical assessment and when flying colors. Everybody's got a couple of deficiencies, and usually the average is more like four or five. So that's impacting their swing efficiency. It's impacting their injury potential. But the older golfers. The senior golfers are, are a great group to work with because, you know, they, with relatively little work, uh, you know, once you identify the deficiencies, and in most cases for them it's flexibility, range of motion. So you identify those specific areas, you provide some, some exercises for them to do, some stresses for them to do. And, and in, a, in a very short period of time, you know, these guys are coming back to you, and the ladies going back to you, you know, bragging about the fact that they're down the fairway 10 to 15 more yards, and, you know, and, you know, distance is still king in golf. And uh, so you know, not only that, but uh, just the fact that they're feeling better, you know, they're not sore the next day. Uh, in many cases, you know, helping the injured golfer get back on the golf course is always a big thrill. Uh, you know, it's just uh, the awareness piece is huge, and, and doing the workshops and providing the articles is very exciting, and, and just a, you know, it's an enjoyable field, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the growth in it. Fantastic, uh, well, uh, well, points taken, and, and thank you, Bob, as well for sharing. Uh, uh, your take on that as well. Uh, I want to switch gears just a little bit uh, to sort of the opposite spectrum. And again, I'm not looking for um, you know specific uh, stories necessarily, but um, I, I know we all have students as well where maybe they just uh, things didn't just uh, gel the way we had hoped, or they just didn't get it. Um, and looking back in reflection, uh, and again, you don't have to be specific. Um, and, and John, I'm going to start with you. Is there anything that you look looking back now in hindsight, if you had the opportunity to um, do it over again with that particular individual that you might uh, be thinking about, or even individuals, is there something that you could have done differently, or wish you had have done differently at the time, uh, in order to make that a, a, maybe a better experience for that particular student? 
I'm going to borrow a phrase from one of my mentors, Craig Shanklin, who does a tremendous amount of seminars and helps a tremendous amount of people around the world each year. He tells the story that in the first two or three years he taught, he'd love to give all the money back that he collected to every one of those people because he's just such a better instructor or coach now than he was back then. And I think all of us who who are very passionate about assisting people to play the game of golf better feel the same way. Um, what, you know, as I'm digging through my collection of stories here, it's it, it's there. There's always somebody that I probably could have done better with, and it's typically after the lesson that you sort of feel that way. That maybe if right. I'd said something a little different, or or did this drill, or did that drill, uh, maybe the outcome could have been better. The I think the real key for us all is to remember that for the majority of people that we teach, unless you're working specifically with professional tournament players, that it is a hobby. It's it's a pastime. And that fun should be part of it. And I think on numerous occasions when I've lost that perspective myself as a coach, it typically matriculates to to the student. It's contagious, whether you're passionate or not and whether the fun's there or not. So uh, I made it very clear to myself after the first couple of years of struggling with understanding putting A to B equals C from a a kinetic sequence standpoint of view or an impact standpoint of view that I wasn't trying to disguise what I did not know so much as I was there to have the person enjoy and to have fun. And I had to do something along that line within 15 minutes or 10 minutes or an hour, however long that engagement time lasted. So so those people back in Pedisto Beach and a little bit in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, please don't rush to the to the bank counter too quickly to, to collect your refunds. I'd rather you come to Orlando <laughs> to get them, uh, and I'll be more than happy to help you from here. But uh, the the real key, I think, for everybody is to remember that that it is fun. And I've said this numerous times on your show, Ted. It's it's yeah. if you can't have fun at what you do, why are you doing it? To pick something else, it doesn't matter what else, but pick something else. And and instructors should be thinking about that as well. Exactly. And uh, again, well said, John. Thank you very much. Um, Jamie, um, I know that, uh, you know, we all like to think that uh, each uh, each experience is, is going to be a successful one. But the reality is, unfortunately, in any profession and, and uh, the golf industry of, of, uh, certainly is no, um, uh, you know, is not immune to it. Um, we have some of our, our situations where they just didn't go the way they want. Again, going back in, in memory, is there any, um, whether recent or, or past, um, was there a time, do you think, that maybe um, you had dealt with a group or a, an individual student, and again, we don't need names, um, that maybe just didn't seem to, to grasp what it was you were teaching? And, and again, this is not to, to blame anybody or it's no, necessarily no fault of yours, um, but in hindsight, is there something that you wish you could have done differently or think you could have done differently at the time, uh, knowing what you know now? Well, 
you know, I, I don't think I've had any, you know, big disasters that I feel really badly about. Um, at the same time, I would say uh, a couple things. You know, along the lines of what John said, um, I think that being sure that lessons are fun and golf is fun, that it's all a good time uh, is, is important. And sometimes uh, people come, they want to know what they're doing wrong and they want to improve and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, it can kind of play into that tendency to want to, be almost working too hard or focusing almost too much on the results rather than on the process and, and enjoying the process. So, um, you know, I think that's something, it's like, it's kind of like life, you know, as you get, it, the more you do it, the better you kind of get at it. And something mm-hmm. I've really appreciated about the LPGA's training is that um, they've been very strong on what they call student-centered learning and really tuning in to what is a particular person's learning style, um, and are they more left brain and right brain, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, et cetera, how do they learn best, and and staying student-centered. And, you know, I think there's sometimes kind of an inherent tension between being method-centered, um, like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of this is the way I like to do it, or this is what, uh, you know, here's an approach that I have, and it may not be what fits you, or how can I... How can I really take what what I see and what I know, which is is valuable, but be sure that it's it's really relating with the student as the center. You know what what really matters to them, what works for them, what makes sense to them, what's fun for them. Um, allowing uh, you know plenty of room for their own discovery rather than that kind of uh, teach to them or at them, you know, you want to discover and learn uh, with them. And so, you know, I mean, just in general, I think that that is, for me, always a work in progress. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, you know, I like to think, you know, I continue to, to get better at as a teacher all the time. I don't think there's an end to that. And and sometimes, you know, with certain people, things things gel and jive a little bit more. Um uh, I do think that when, if, you know, coming to moments of frustration, golf can be frustrating um, in and of right. itself. And sometimes the learning process or a lesson can be frustrating. And I've tried to learn to kind of, you know, back off and, you know, let's just really see what's going on here and how can we improve this connection and and the fun so that, you know, things start going better um, if, if they've run into some difficult spots. I can't really say that I, I feel really badly about any particular student but just always that work in progress um, to continue to be really centered on on the person you know because you know the the golf lesson and the golf game it's about them you know it's not about me as teacher it's really about them right right exactly and I think it kind of goes to the point that John brought up earlier about uh, one of the examples that he gave with uh, the uh, gentleman uh, you know in his 90s that um, if if you're it, you know as a student if you're coming uh, just to learn but are not prepared to put in uh, some time and effort yourself then you're really not going to take away from it and obviously John as you had expressed uh, with your example um, this particular individual was willing to put in the time and the effort uh, to, to see those uh, improvements. And regardless of your skill level uh, or your teaching ability, uh, if the student's not receptive uh, and willing to put in that additional, you know, time and effort to, to um, you know, put together some of the, the thoughts and, and uh, components of, of what you're uh, showcasing, 
then they're not going to reap the benefits. And I think we've all had those experiences, myself included, over the years, where you might come with all of the the, the wheels uh, uh, greased and, and rolling in the right direction, but if the student's not prepared um, to not only receive it uh, in the way it's meant, but also uh, take from that point on and and move forward and be able to um, uh, put it into motion, then it's very difficult to to yield the re- the results a lot of times. And and I look at that as as really um, a failure on the student's part, um, not so much the the instructor or teacher's side. Um, Bob, I want to give you an opportunity as well, because I know it's a little bit, uh, again, a little bit different in your scenario, because uh, obviously there are certain things that you can measure, uh, again, uh, by looking at somebody. You can see uh, the physical, uh, not just their physical uh, changes of their body, but uh, their strength abilities. But were there times when maybe earlier on in your career when you were fir- first sort of starting out that you felt that um, – maybe approaching things a little bit differently would have yielded a better result. And, and obviously with what you know now over the 30-plus years, um, you're able to sort of put those together and say, okay, I know I can avoid this or I know I can go in this direction here um, because this over here maybe doesn't work quite the same. Is there an example like that uh, in in, uh, in the Rolodex, if you will? Well, you know, Ted, it's really not different. Uh, you know, and I'm going to run with what the, you know everybody's talking about in terms of, put in the time and the sweat equity, as Bob Vila used to say. Uh, you know, everybody's looking for the quick fix in golf, and the manufacturers know that, and they push the right buttons in terms of their ads, and, you know, the, the newest, biggest driver, the newest golf ball coming out. You know, there's always words in there about power and accuracy and distance. And so uh, many amateur golfers feel that uh, all they need to do is just drop 50 bucks for a dozen of the new, of the new Pro V1s, and, and they're going to get more distance, going to improve their game, and same thing with the, the drivers. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of use the analogy that uh, if you buy a used car that's not running all that well and you spend a lot of money to put four new tires on it, thinking that it's going to help run the car better, uh, you know, you're fooling yourself because you got to really kind of tune up the engine and fix the mechanism that's swinging all that stuff. So you definitely have to put the time uh, into it. You know, and the frustrating thing with uh, a small percentage, you know, of the golfers that I've worked with over the years is that you know the areas that they need to work on and you know how it's going to benefit them and you kind of drill that into their heads and yet, you know, they just don't have the motivation to, to really yeah. kind of stick with yeah. it. Uh, you know, and, and again, it's a, it's a small percentage, uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, you know, uh, you, you definitely see some some good results. But uh, yeah, just just wish I could help those people a little bit more. Yeah, and and well well said, um, uh, Jamie and uh, Bob as well for for your thoughts on that. Um, you know, I, I really the, the the purpose of really tonight's discussion um, w- was not really to to reinvent the wheel or or to um, you know pick apart anything um, one way or the other, but it was really to um, I, I guess uh, create a human factor um, for the golf professional and and or fitness professional because I think a lot of times um, you know people forget that we all. Um, are, are, have feelings and, and all have, um, uh, you know, thoughts the same as everybody else. Mm-hmm. This just happens to be a profession that we've all gravitated to, and uh, this is our, our field of expertise. And I wanted people to kind of get a sense that, um, 
you know, no matter what we do or, or say, um, you know, while we're out at the golf course, the student has a critical role as well to play. And we're going to have uh, many successes along the way, but there's also going to be some uh, struggles along the way with, with students or, or even in our own journey. So I really just want to really sort of gloss over that a little bit in, in our discussion, kind of keep it lighthearted and whatever. And you guys have done a fantastic job. Um, we've got probably about 15 minutes left, and I want to use this time um, what I consider wisely and give each of you an opportunity. And again, I'm going to um, this time I'm going to start with, with Jamie, give ladies first this time, and then we'll go Bob and then John. I'll let you wrap it up. Um, I want you to um, talk about what's next for you as you prepare to transition into uh, 2016. You've got and not just specifically what you're working on, but um, you're looking back on, on a, a good career, a long career. You've had a successful 2015. What's next for you and is there something different or in addition to that you're transitioning as you move into the new year? And Jamie, I'll let you start with with it first. Yes, it's been a good year, and I'm excited about uh, the retreats that we've been doing. And I'm looking to 2016 to really kind of uh, step those up. Uh We've been doing some, uh, I call them every businesswoman golf retreats. I, I do quite a bit of uh, executive trainings and corporate speaking uh, in general about how to handle stress and leadership presence, uh, kind of empowerment training. And so with every businesswoman golf, we've really been working with uh, women executives, women in leadership, and golf is the business sport to help to bring more, more women and diversity into both business and golf. So, uh, I'm organizing some some more women's golf retreats, which I'm really excited about. Um, working with Byron Casper on some really interesting um, golf travel to, and um, you know some some different events. So uh, those will be coming out. Don't quite want to talk about them a lot yet, right. but uh, looking forward to that. And um, I'm also working with a company that I work with, Vistage International, that I'm a speaker for. And they have a lot of, uh, you know, executives and they've started a full golf initiative. And I'm working as well to bring to both business and golf um, some more assessment tools, including something called IMAP. IMAP my team, IMAP my golf. Um, I'm doing some collaborations that are uh, with Dave Bisbee. He's a PGA professional and they're doing some great work. So these kinds of things that are giving more insight into who we are as people. There are a couple of great quotes that I like. One is from Henry Ford in business. He said, you know, I, I hired employees and people showed up. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's really it's really about the people and what's going on with us, which I call our key, our energy. And there's a, that goes hand in hand with a quote from Annika Sorenstam, who I take as an example of unprecedented success. And she said, we're not golfers who happen to be human beings. We're human beings who happen to be golfers. So really going even further into, you know, uh, what seem to be some of the mysteries of golf could be some of the mysteries of who are we and who we are is important because it's really our energy that makes a golf ball go, right? And right. we're standing over the ball, and we've got all these thoughts, all these feelings. We've got our spirit. We've got our physical being and our equipment and our technique. So we've kind of got body, mind, emotion, spirit all going on as we stand there over a golf ball to, to make better shots. And uh, <clears throat> so, you know, that integration, bringing those things together and bringing ourselves to a higher level of self-mastery to improve our golf is 
<clears throat> you know, it's a, it's a real passion interest of mine. So, you know, bringing some new tools to that and integrating them in with golf and as well as leadership is, is really on uh, top of my radar screen right now. Very good. Uh, and f- just uh, very quickly, Bob, before I move on to you, um, Jamie, if, if people are interested in, in reaching out to you and learning more about some of the things that you're going to be working on uh, for 2016, how can they do that? Well, they can certainly reach me directly, which is um, uh, Jamie, uh, well, at my website probably, is uh, Kiai Golf, K-I-A-I Golf, G-O-L-F, KiaiGolf.com. Uh, direct line is 760-492-G-O-L-F-492-GOLF. It's 760-492-4653. So um, you just you know, reach out to me directly through my website or even a direct line, and I'm happy to provide people with information. Perfect. Thank you, Jamie. Um, mm-hmm. Bob, uh, Bob, I know that you've uh, got some new things happening for, for 2016. Um, share uh, what, what you've got and what uh, you plan to transition uh, into the new year. Well, I tell you, it's exciting now. You know, I've been uh, congressional for six months, and uh, we've come a long way in in, uh, kind of wearing out the carpet between our end of the club and the uh, golf end of the club and building a collaboration in the golf fitness program. So, uh, you know, the uh, teaching pros there are great, and, uh, you know, it's it's just been a a good relationship that we're developing, and uh, the members are benefiting in that regard. Uh, you know, that we can kind of team up on them and uh, work on all aspects of their game. You know, we've uh, put together some workshops that we uh, provide the members. Uh, you know, we're, we're throwing in some articles into the newsletters and and just providing the awareness and the education as to what it is and how it can benefit them. So uh, we're, you know, we're going to continue that in 2016 to strengthen that uh, that relationship and, uh, you know, really kind of, uh, um, you know, develop a, a good package for the members. And at the same time, you know, I'm going to maintain the, the website, uh, you know, Golf Fit Carolina. Uh, so still put on the, the monthly educational articles on there and the monthly golf exercises uh, so that, uh, you know, I just enjoy providing the education and sharing the experiences that I've had working with the golfers throughout the years and, and offering that to everybody, uh, so that uh, you know, hopefully they they can benefit in some form or fashion. So uh, that's the game plan. Perfect. And uh, just uh, very quickly, of course, the website is golffitcarolina.com, and that's G-O-L-F-I-T uh, Carolina.com. So make sure you go and yep. visit. Bob's got got some great tips on there. I've been on the site many times. Uh, great information on on the website, uh, Bob. Keep up the great work. And uh, certainly, last but not least, Mr. John Hughes, uh, what are you got cooking to transition into 2016? Uh, the, the list is endless, and I'm always having to tear it down. And that's the biggest issues I have going into 16 is what to tear it down to. But uh, I want to wish Jamie and Bob all the best of luck in 16. I, I follow you guys and. You do a wonderful job at what you do, uh, true professionals, and appreciate being on the panel with you guys. Uh, the plans you guys have are just fantastic. And if you're in the local areas where Jamie and Bob are, it behooves you to reach out to them. Uh, you'll, you'll get a tremendous amount from them, just the experience that you share with them, 
alone is is worth its weight in gold. The the uh, I I I do have so many things on my list. It's it's incredible. I, I think some of the pet projects I'm going after is I've been working on two manuscripts now for quite a few years, and I'm just going to dive into one and get it done because I have some other business opportunities that go hand-in-hand with that. I think over the course of 16, you're going to see probably a little bit more video on my website, a little change in the website. Uh, You're going to probably see a few more player development programs on there than than what's been in the past. Uh, I'm, I'm really getting behind the host facility that's been great to me this year, Falcons Fire Golf Club, and Kissimmee, Florida, uh, Ryan and Jody and the rest of the staff there have been absolutely marvelous to get things going. It's a new venture for them, and we're having a lot of fun doing that, and we want to see that grow. Uh, the the one other thing that sort of hit home this year was the finality to things. Uh, my grandmother passed of complications of Parkinson's about eight years ago this week. And this year, uh, later in the year, my father was diagnosed with that. And through the help of two partners of mine, Golf Pride and Flight Scope, I'm now in in diving headfirst into protocols to help neuromuscular deficient golfers. Uh, there's really no protocol out there. We do a lot for the veterans, and rightly so. And we do a lot for amputees, and rightly so. But sort of lost in the mix are these people who have these uncontrollable things that go on, and without right. medication and or physical activity, period, uh, life's just sort of slowly withers. And, and what a lot of people don't know about Parkinson's in particular is that Almost 35% of all sufferers of Parkinson's in the United States is under the age of 45, uh, which is an amazing number. Uh, So I'm really diving head head first into that. I've been named to the Central Florida Parkinson's Society. It's a 501C foundation, and we'll be doing a lot with them as well as some other researchers from around the country to really find some ways to help the neuromuscular deficient people out there who truly enjoy the game and will be trying to make strides that way. And then I think there's three things that I always live by. And one of them is apropos for this time of year. Everybody knows of Cheech and Chong and their little skit with Santa and their reindeer and the magic duck. Yeah. When you, you know, uh, a little more for Santa, a little more for Santa. Well, if you're the lesson taker, if you're the student, all we're here to help you do is find that dust. Uh, you possess it in your pocket, and whether it's Jamie, Bob, myself, anybody you've ever had on the panel, that's what we're there to do is help you dig deep into your pockets and find that dust. Number yeah. two, remember that when fatigue sets in, technique breaks down. This is something I learned as a soccer player trying out for the U.S. national team almost 40 years ago. And I still, to this day, remind my players that when you get a little fatigued, that's okay. But it's time to slow down because there's a difference between tired and fatigued. And when you're tired, you can't think. And that's no way to go about life. It's no way to go about playing the game or trying to improve at anything. And then the last thing I've been telling my son since the day he popped out of the womb, and I live by this every day, 
I go into each new year thinking this is every day I want to make myself proud. Uh, when he was young, it was make dad proud or make mom proud. And then once he figured it all out is why don't you, why don't you make yourself proud? Yeah. And I think whether it's golf, it's business, it's life in general, if you just take a page every day that you can look at and say, you know what, I'm proud I did that. I'm very proud I did that. Each day just goes on and on, and the next thing you know, it's it's the new year again, which is great because I was thinking the same thing about this time last year. So 15 has yep. been great. I'm looking forward to a fantastic 16. And Ted, once again, thanks for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to a great 16 with you as well. Thank you. And uh, John, of course, uh, is uh, as the others are going to be joining uh, in the new year back on the panel and, and also as uh, as featured guests uh, throughout the year. I'll have you guys back on as well as we uh, have new things uh, to share with the audience. And just a very quick note um, on some of the things that I'm going to be doing next year. I'm working with a few partners of my own uh, as well, um, separate uh, from the show. Uh, one of them is, is actually... Uh, uh, on the putting side of things, and I won't give out too much information right now, but um, they're looking at bringing me, excuse me, <clears throat> bringing me on board uh, to help with some of the promotions and marketing and, and development. Uh, their product has been around for a number of years, but they're they're looking to sort of take it to that next level, and and they've approached me to uh, to work with them, and I'm actually in the process right now. So anybody listening out there that uh, I also do web design, and I'm actually putting together a brand-new website for them as well. So if you're in the market uh, for doing that, uh, certainly reach out. I'll be more than happy to uh, to assist you there as well. Uh, obviously, I'm going to continue on with my corporate work uh, and going to grow and continue to develop that. Uh, it's been very successful over the years, uh, of course. Um, but uh, probably my number one thing that I really want to do and I, I enjoy the most is, of course, doing this this program and I've got some things that uh, I'm looking forward. I was hoping to have them in place for, for 15, but uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, into next year. But uh, uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm looking at doing with the program is, is expanding it a little bit further um, and taking it not just uh, in its uh, current form, but also uh, adding in more of the, the visual component as well and looking at going uh, to some key locations throughout. The, I'm going to start here with the United States. And, and actually bring a visual component uh, to the uh, program as well, uh, which will open up a whole myriad of, of uh, possibilities. Um, so that's some of the things I'm looking at doing. There's many, many more. John, I have a list as long as my arm as well, so I won't go through them all tonight. But uh, I want to thank you guys. As always, uh, I don't think you really probably understand or appreciate how much I enjoy uh, doing this program and how much I enjoy having um, really surrounding myself uh, with so many great professionals in the industry. And I always, uh, much like I know that you do uh, when you're when you're speaking, that uh, it's always good to learn from, from somebody else. And there's always something that I always take away from each of the programs. And uh, I always try to find ways that I can give back. And this is one way that I've found that I can give back using my voice and my time uh, to connect a, a group of uh, professionals that I feel uh, are well-deserved uh, of this uh, um, program. And also, um, I think the audience out there uh, enjoys it. In fact, I know they do. And I think uh, by using this, this program, I can give back uh, to some of the professionals that have done such great work and giving them an opportunity to share that work uh, with my audience. So thank you guys 
uh, for coming on uh, tonight and, and sharing some of your stories uh, with the audience. And I look forward to having each and every one of you back next year in the new year. Thank you, John Hughes, Bob Foreman, and Jamie Leno-Zimron. Thank you very much uh, for your time. Thank you, Ted. Thank you so much, Ted, for all you do, and thanks uh, to my colleagues here. It's just uh, an honor and really a pleasure to, to speak with you all. Thank you. You're welcome. Have, have a great... Really happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. Have a great uh, holiday, and uh, I will uh, look forward to, and I don't know if, who's going down or uh, if at all to the uh, the show in January, but I will be at the PGA show, uh, so hopefully um, we can connect and, and meet up uh, for a time uh, during the show. So thank you very much again. And uh, I will, uh, if I don't see you at the show, I will talk to you early on in the new year and as we get ready to propel another great golf season. So thank you, uh, panel, for joining me again. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Happy holidays. All right. Thanks, Ted. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 Okay, that was my um, Coach's Corner panel tonight uh, of – Bob Foreman, Jamie uh, Leno-Zimron, and John Hughes on the Coach's Corner panel. Thanks, guys, for doing a, a, a tremendous job and, and sharing your thoughts and, and, uh, and views uh, about the game and, and sharing a little bit about what it is that, uh, that you guys do. And, and uh, as I said, I, you know, I always enjoy um, doing what, uh, what I do here on the program because it gives me an opportunity uh, to not only share it with, with each and every one of you out there, it also gives me an opportunity to learn uh, maybe something that, that that I hadn't thought of, so I can take that knowledge and information, and uh, and then in turn um, share that with with some of my students and some of my my fellow colleagues. Um, my next guest coming up, um, she's been on the show before, and she was actually on uh, the uh, other program that I do on Tuesday mornings with uh, LPGA professional Cindy Miller here recently, just uh, a week and a half ago, um, on the Women of Golf show. Uh, Pat Roke who is uh, also referred to as the business boomer. I'm going to uh, give you a quick little introduction here, a little bit about Pat, and then we're going to come on and, and talk a little bit about um, some of the ways that she's helping to grow this game as well. Um, Pat, as I mentioned, uh, is uh, referred to as the business boomer. Uh, she's an award-winning marketer, keynote speaker, and transformation coach. Uh, she knows not only how to make business boom, uh, both on and off the uh, course, but uh, just as a phenomenal uh, young lady, she teaches golf marketers and business professionals uh, how to attract and engage their ideal clients. Uh, she's a master connector and teaches systems to transform uh, essentially your life and grow your business now, which is what we all want. Uh, she delivers uh, record-setting growth and big ideas as a social uh, media and marketing lead for the Women's uh, Golf Association of New Jersey, and now which happens to be the largest women's uh, northern New Jersey golf league with over 500 members. And, and growing, of course. Uh, she drives social media for the ShopRite LPJ Classic and the Barclays PGA Tour uh, event. Uh, she's also served on the boards of the WGANJ, which is the Women's Golf Association for New Jersey, uh, and the New Jersey Association of Women's uh, Business Owners, Healthcare Business Women's Association, and the Northern New Jersey International Special Event Society. She has an extensive experience mentoring and marketing to women uh, in their role as not only golfers, uh, executives and moms, but uh, family concierge and health and well, uh, wellness decision makers in the family. Uh, Pat's uh, also a mom of her own, uh, herself rather, of two college kids and plays golf around the world with her husband, Alex. So let me bring Pat on and we'll talk a little bit about how we can grow the game as business professionals. Hello, Good evening. Ted. Good evening, Pat. Hello. Welcome to Golf Talk Live. 
Thank you so much. How are you this evening? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, winding down, of course, uh, as we, we transition uh, to the end of 2015 and get ready and excited looking towards uh, 2016. And as I was just uh, expressing to the panel, everybody's sort of got lots of interesting things happening in the new year, myself included. And uh, not giving away too many of the secrets quite yet, but a lot of good things are going to be happening in, in 2016 uh, here, both with the program and, with, and uh, outside of it. But uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that, um, that you've been working on here. And let me just start off. I, I know we talked about some of this on the other program, but we're, we're dealing primarily with, with a, a little bit of a different audience here tonight. So I'd like to uh, review some of that if we can. Now, you, you've sure. talked to me about um, your involved with uh, some great golf expos uh, this year up in the northeastern part of the United States, particularly the Metropolitan Golf Expo, which is coming to New Jersey in February. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing there and, and some of the efforts uh, and help to, to grow that and, and bring golf uh, and expand it in the New Jersey area? Well, thank you for asking. I'm really, really excited because, quite frankly, I am the demographic we're going after. Um, last year, Year. I, I'm only, you, I know you know this, but for the sake of the audience, I'll repeat. It's interesting because I've been an executive and working person for many, many years, but I only learned how to play about six years ago. So at age 45, picking up a set of clubs and completely falling madly in love with the sport, it's <laughs> completely changed everything. So um, through personal growth and realizing that it's you know widened my circle of friends, improved my marriage, I've sold millions of dollars of business on and around the golf course and you know growing the game with the women's golf association we i've got literally took carloads of people to a local show and pulled up i had so many new people i had three new sets of clubs waiting to be purchased just in my car alone so thousands of dollars of buying power and we walked out with some refurbished balls and some gloves there was nothing there for us it was more like an old man cigar smoking flea market sort of thing so right when uh yeah you know just not not the way i roll so basically <laughs> i know you're laughing but really i had we all saved for it we went with cash and credit cards and couldn't find much to entertain us we were in and out in less than an hour and i think that was a lost opportunity for not only us as attendees but for so many vendors who literally could have been having fun selling us vacations and equipment and clothing and everything else we went for so being said um, I was at, I've been doing a lot with folks from PGA Magazine and Great Golf Resorts of the World, and I met these wonderful gentlemen who are running this show in New Jersey, and the Meadowlands Expo actually came to them and asked them to produce and, and is putting money toward really making sure that this is going to be a huge success. So right. talk about putting, you know, skin in the game. Everyone's got skin in the game, and uh Dan Spigner from Northeast Trade Show Promotions and I just hit it off immediately when we met, and he was, I guess, smart enough to say, go ahead and run with it, let me run with some of my crazy cockamamie ideas, and we're basically making this uh, a real fun event, something that you're going to want to go to, something you're going to want to spend time at, something you're going to want to bring your credit card and some cash because there's going to be plenty to do there and plenty to think about and invest in if you're looking for it, so... Um, the golf show is not just golf equipment or just golf balls or just golf clothing. Right. It's really about, as you know, it's catering to the lifestyle. So, for example, yep. Ted, the people that are there, right, you're playing golf, you're giving lessons, you're in that environment. 
They tend to drive nicer cars. They tend to go on vacations. They tend to invest in, you know, work clothing and their leisure recreational clothing because there's definitely a wardrobe to be had. They have multiple pairs of shoes. They travel around the world. Uh, The demographic is the demographic. So our golf expos are going to have world-class golf instruction. We're going to have um, speakers from the stage. So we'll be doing training and workshops. We um, are having a huge focus on women and family, so it will not be just, you know, men's equipment. Uh, even the lefties that we brought with me, my, one of our male friends, my brother's a lefty, couldn't find anything for him either. So, you know, making sure that kind of everyone is addressed and taken care of, that it's a fun outing for people to go and spend the afternoon or the morning, bring their family. There'll be plenty to do. There'll be contests and games. We've got wonderful, wonderful sponsors, including, you know, Casa de Campo from the Dominican Republic. We've got Mm -hmm. courses from all over the country, all over the world. We've got world-class hotels and resorts and even some of our private clubs, which you would think typically may not want to be involved in a golf expo. We've got private country clubs involved this this year as well. We've got wonderful designers. Um, And you had the chance to meet with Carolyn um, Samara from B-Skins. Just first-class ladies, Carolyn and Stacy, who run the organization. They're really forward-thinking. Like, literally, I get to go in with them and contribute and tell them, I want a pocket here. Can you make this taller? Can you make this shorter? They're really, really catering to the needs of the modern-day golfer and the fact that we go from work to the golf course, like tomorrow morning, I'm actually giving a training session for our local chamber of commerce. So I'm going to be doing a whole presentation all morning long, and then I will leave, go meet my husband, and go play 18 holes, I hope, because it's supposed to be gorgeous wow. out tomorrow. So, <laughs> you know, well, and- having a show that caters to lifestyle and the realities of how we live today, I think is going to make the difference. So now we've got... Um, an expo in February in the Meadowlands. I've got uh, Rhode Island. I've got Western Massachusetts, Saratoga. And then in September, there will be a World Team Championship. It's going to be a tournament and an expo at the Atlantic City Convention Center. And we're going to have qualifying rounds and events all year. We're going to have auctions for foursomes. And we've got plenty of groups that come to us asking us for places to go play. So we're kind of a golf club or resorts dream partner because we have stacks and stacks of groups of golfers looking for places to play. You know, so. you raised a yeah, you, you mentioned <laughs> something interesting and, and and I alluded to it of course in, in the introduction. Um you've you've helped to grow um one of the groups in New Jersey to, you know, five hundred plus members, uh, as I've mentioned. Um, obviously, it's a women's group, and a lot of people, uh, and you and I have talked about this a little bit in the past, I think in the industry still don't get it. Um, you know, they, they still are focusing on the men's uh, side of things, and, you know, really women make a lot of, uh, if not most of the purchasing decisions in the family household for many things, including big ticket items. Uh, a lot of people think, well, it's, you know, primarily because the way society has, has sort of been ingrained for years um, that, you know, the male went out and worked and did this. But now many, many women have uh, over the years have now moved into the business world and into the executive world. And they want to get involved um, and recognize the effect that golf has as a business tool. They're starting to get that. So they want to be exposed to that as well. And as you mentioned here just a moment ago, a lot of the expos and even the PGA show that uh, we're going to go to in January – 
still predominantly is a male-dominated show. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, hungry women out there that are looking to and have money to spend that they need to really pay attention to. So let's talk about, you know, you mentioned a couple of places, Meadowlands, Atlantic City, these are and, and Rhode Island, of course. These are high-income areas, um, and there's a lot of women that have, you know, a lot of disposable income. They need to, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, smarten up and really start to focus on this demographics, and you're helping to do that. Let's talk about some of the ways that you're helping to do that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Well, I guess part, partially because literally I am the demographic, so I think if there's an empathy or an understanding, I know what it's like to be left out, and I know what it's like to be left behind. So I think when I was first thinking about playing, I was already a very accomplished and successful business person. Not to sound egotistical, but I'd right. been successful. I knew what that was like. I know how that feels. So to go from being super successful to then having to find a place to go be a completely humble and exposed and raw newbie all over again at age 45 mm-hmm. or whatever age you are uh, was right. kind of an interesting you know, change in mind shift. So first mm-hmm. it was about raising your hand to say, yes, I, I realize I'm missing out. And for me, uh, a lot of it's about mentoring. So. Yeah. You know, when you want to grow the game, putting signs out and just offering cheap lessons is not the approach you or I or many of our friends are talking about because part of it starts with mindset. Why you deserve to have fresh air and sunshine, why you deserve to incorporate health and wellness into your lifestyle, why you deserve to have an hour or two or three or four that you shut your cell phone off. So first and foremost, that whole I don't have the the time for me time, um, it's a mindset thing. So if you can start with that and address that up front, you're going to, you know, that's just one obstacle, one hurdle. And the next part of it is that you have to make it inviting. You have to meet people where they're at. So when I literally was shopping, so what happens? I decide I want to play golf. Of course, I'm going to drag my best friend along. So she and I, like two knuckleheads, (laughs) you know, go on this venture (laughs) and we go shopping for places to golf because that's what women do. Where can we play? We didn't know. And our husbands tried to teach us, and we played at the local county course for a while. And it was fun, but obviously that's not the best idea for a long-term plan of action. It was enough to wet my whistle and know that I wanted to do it. It was also enough to know that that's not the way I was going to learn. Uh, So we went shopping for places to golf. And we called stores, and we met one of the organizations in our area. There's not a ton of them, quite frankly, but we shopped right. around, literally. Yellow, you know, Yellow Pages, listen to me, um, you know, online and asked people. <laughs> and we we met one group, and because I was a woman executive, I had access to an organization, uh, one in particular, and, and you know, you can never cast a stone at a whole organization, but the individuals that I happen to come across, I suppose you'd say, I, I, I didn't feel comfortable. At that point, at that time, my first exposure was not warm and welcoming and, oh, don't worry about it. This will be fun. This will be relaxing. Everybody stinks at some point. Come play with us. It was, mm-hmm. what do you mean you don't know how to play? So it didn't give me a big, brave yeah, let's do this feeling, it made me think, oh, am I nuts? What am I doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> this maybe right. isn't such a good idea. So I kind of laid back a little bit, and then 
I was playing with my friend at a little local par three executive, tiny little course, wonderful for practicing the short game. It's called Twin Willows in New Jersey. Love it. The owners are so nice and friendly and they help you. And we met a woman there and we watched her and, and she could hit the ball. Not only could she hit it, she could hit it straight and she could find it. Like it, to us, that was amazing. Think right. about how, you know, set of fresh eyes, it's never seen it. It's like somebody that grew up on an island and flew to the United States and walked in Times Square, right? Right, exactly. We're yeah, so, exactly. like for me, Times Square, I'm looking at it, it's my screensaver. I'm so used to it. But for somebody who's just not brought up or familiar, everything's an aha moment. So we met a woman who was gracious and kind and said, don't worry, come on over here, watch, I'll show you. And don't worry, I stink too sometimes. And just chatted and made it very low-key and funny and laughed and said, you know what, we've got plenty of places for people like you. There's, you're not alone. And in fact, if you want to try to play and learn with other people that are all our age, that'll, you know, have an opportunity, why don't you come? And they invited us to a meeting and we walked in and people could not have been nicer. And I met this one woman who happens to be the president of the organization. And someone said to me, do you know she drives the ball 250 yards? And I thought to myself, I'm not quite sure what driving the ball means. And I'm not quite sure how long 250, that's two and a half football fields. That's right. got to be pretty good. <laughs> but think about it, Ted. I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. Right? Right. And, and you I know didn't know. And, right. and that, <laughs> you don't well, know exactly. what you don't know. Right, and that that brings up really an interesting point um, is the intimidation that a lot of women and, and I want to really focus on that uh, part of it tonight, if we can, a little bit, uh, and, and I certainly want you know, to continue on with with some of the discussion about the the ex, uh, expos and things coming up. But I want to focus on this just for a few moments, if we can. You know, there's there's still even in this day with all of the technology out there and all of the news media and that 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 talk about golf and and promote golf, there are still a lot of uh, individuals but particularly women out there that really um know very little about the game now more of them are starting to get involved and and uh, there are obviously organizations popping up all over the united states and even around the world that are helping to um close that gap but there's still a long way to go and and again you know when we go back to the original sort of theme of, of growing the game this is an area where there is tremendous and i mean tremendous growth uh opportunities here that are really not being fully tapped into it. It's really just scratching the surface. And some of the efforts have, have certainly been very good, but there's still much more momentum needs to happen. And really with what you're doing by partnering up with some of these organizations that maybe have traditionally, uh, you know, had your, your mom and pa type uh, organizations uh, and, and opening their eyes and saying, here, there are thousands of women that are moving into not only the business world, but, as executives even, that have a lot of income, that have uh, a willingness and a desire um, to gravitate to this particular game uh, and not just, you know, uh, as a business tool, but also to have fun and, and make it part of their family life, um, that creates a huge potential. And it, it, it kind of befuddles me, and there's a word that you don't hear too often, um, <laughs> unless, you're my, unless you're my age, um, I use the word that, befuddles. Go ahead. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm I'm older than you, but um, but anyways, it, it's it just sort of boggles the mind too when you still look in this day and age with technology that there's still so many people that are in the position that you just described that don't understand what does it mean to to hit a drive, um, you know, what does it mean to, um, you know, to be able to do some of the things that that we talk about. 
um, and they want, they, they have a thirst uh, for that knowledge. So um, I, I know that you're working with a lot of things. What are some of the other things? Now, again, let me just go back to, uh, and maybe you can explain a little bit more about some of the demographics. Um, you know, you're going to be in the Meadowlands and in and, and Atlantic City. Um, these are, are some very wealthy zip codes, uh, to put it bluntly, in the United States. So there's a, a huge potential here. What are you trying to? What's the message that you're trying to get to some of these uh, golf expos, if you will, um, and get them to really focus on through uh, the next uh, year? Well, quite frankly, I'm bringing an all ships rise with the tide approach to growing the game. So, for example, my my personal goal and Dan's goal as well is to make sure that anybody who gets involved with us and gets involved in trying to grow their business, whether they are in you know, really, really, some folks are just really, really focused, like just in the North Jersey market or all of New Jersey market. So we've got some exhibitors coming in with one show or two, but I can't tell you how many are saying, give us all five, we want to own the region. And we have a great program, and I'll repeat the offer later, but we are even doing a mm. buy four, get, get the fifth show free. Because I really, mm. anybody who wants to grow their business and wants to own the Northeast, I can give it to them on a platter. But more importantly than that, if you think about it, I'm doing so much matchmaking between our partners. So we're going in and talking to a country club, and then I'll invite B-Skins, and they'll go have a meeting with the pro shop owner and be able to introduce their clothing line. Um, I'm working with one of our major sponsors. is called Golf Squid, and they are powering – they are the engine behind most successful golf tournaments. They make it super, super, super easy to run, organize, and operate golf outings so that everything's automated, the contact with people. It's so turnkey, it is a no-brainer. It is a charity or a golf outing organizer's best, best friend. And now we are the representatives for Golf Squid from Virginia all the way up the whole Northeast Corridor. So wow. they're partnering with Golfsmith. So now I've got Golfsmith and Golf Squid and retailers, and I went to my friends in luxury automotive. The same people that are driving a Volvo or a Lexus are going and staying a weekend at Crystal Springs Resort, which is up here, or flying to Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic. It's playing to the demographics. So we are doing so much to connect the dots, introduce our vendors to one another, get them all working and meeting and talking and brainstorming. The other thing that I've done is created a Tuesday Tips at 2, which is a uh, teleconference where we actually invite our sponsors to come on and give expert advice around their specific category. So I'll give you an example. One of the upcoming um, shows the first week of January is going to be a golf course that has survived their 50th anniversary is this year. Wow. Excellent. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Think about it. So the operator yeah. is a third generation owner and operator, hands-on operator. It is one of the most lovely courses. You feel like home. They treat you so nicely when you're there. They host our women's leagues there. They have a male and female golf instructor. So, for example, if my husband and I wanted to go together and have a lesson, we could each have a lesson with our own pro but be there together, and they do fun things with outings and stuff. So introduce 
the pro shop to the outing software to the designer to the this to the that to the nonprofit. We're running um, programs and education for nonprofits and foundations. In fact, I just got a phone call. This just keeps snowballing, Ted, which is pretty cool. I got a call from the one at the local university that's a few blocks from my home, and I'm putting in. They've asked me, can I instruct on how to grow um, nonprofits, how to grow their membership and foundation participation? Wow. Because that's think fantastic. about it. Think yeah. about it. I, I blew the roof off membership with our golf association. I did the same thing with the Healthcare Business Women's Association. Um, I am an, uh, I know the secrets to maximizing membership for these kinds of organizations. So I actually, that that's one of 2016's exciting things, built a program called Maximize Your Membership, and now our local chamber is going to use it. I'll be teaching it at a local college, university, I should say, because, you know, there's, if you really pay attention to how you do your business, there are patterns to success. Right. So I've gotten much better. One of my commitments to myself after I turned 50 and kind of revamped everything was to pay closer attention to the process and the systems by which I move mm-hmm. and the things that work. Because teaching and coaching, I've done a lot more on building, putting a lot of my programs online, digital programs. Where I can help many more people. I can serve nonprofits and teach them how to master, grow their membership, and how to grow their golf outings on an online course or a webinar gracefully and help people all over the world or all over the country or both instead of having to get in a car and go one by one by one, onesie twosies. So a lot of it is about understanding the systems. If you think about people and, and their heart and where they come from and how they make life decisions, that's the difference. So when you ask, what's the expo doing? Well, we're going to have all kinds of opportunity to make it easy for people. I've even, to the point, had a conversation. There is a wonderful new haircutting, a sports haircutting company that's moved into our region, and they're just opening salons. They they cater to men, and it's sport cuts, right? So hmm. we're checking with the State Department of Health to find out if we can bring in chairs and physically have them doing haircuts while they're there. Wow, that cool. I don't know if it's going to be allowed or not. I don't know if it's going to fly. But if you think about it, if you could take 15 minutes and go hop in a chair and have a nice haircut while you're at the golf expo, why not? It's one less hour sure. you have to run. Right, exactly. You know, it, 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 <laughs> Right, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, it's funny, but it's the same, right? It's, it's, right? it's catering to golfers as people and catering to the businesses who cater to them and helping them all put their heads together. And cross promote. You know, it, it's interesting because it, it all boils down to really being able to connect. And this is one of the things that you've developed um, in, in your business model, and that is to not only connect uh, effectively yourself, but to be able to show others um, how to use those same skill set, if you will, that you've developed in connecting with others and growing, as you mentioned, with some of the nonprofits and, and uh, business uh, associations and things like that being able to help them grow their organizations and attract new members uh, as well as keep existing members. And, and that's an important thing. In this day and age with, with so many um, changes in society, it's, there, there's so many things pulling and, and tugging at, at uh, everybody's sleeve to do this and do that. You have to be creative and you have to decide, uh, as you said, if you're going to do something, you've got to make sure that it's going to be beneficial for everybody, not just yourself, but for everybody involved. And a lot of times we all, myself included, we get tugged in so many different directions and we just don't always have the time. So you have to choose wisely. 
And where somebody like yourself comes into play is you've done a lot of the legwork. Now you're able to put it through uh, a process, if you will, through webinars and through other uh, social media and really give the, the benefits to your clients and those that you're working with um, the benefits of your knowledge and how to put all that together and be successful at it. So, um, you know, kudos to you. And, and you've done it all well, really trying to learn a game that you got exposed to much later than most people uh, have in their lives. Yeah, that's kind of the fun part. It's the wacky, fun, challenging part of it. Um, people say that the whole way that I've embraced golf is partially why they enjoy working with me, only because I bring a fresh set of eyes. I'm the one that I'll remind them and say, what does that mean? Even if I now yeah. know what it means, it means I might not have known it a couple of years ago. So let's right. figure out how to take the jargon and bring it back to layperson's terms. Let's figure out how to take the mystery out of some of it. Let's figure out how to open it. So I'll even give you an example. Um, I did my keynote speech, my, my 50 Rocks Life Lessons for Success, and I was called in and I provided it for one of the major, major corporations. They're a PGA Tour sponsor. And I presented in front of 150 people live, standing room only, and 8,500 people over wow. their intranet. Yeah, it was awesome. Standing room only. They were hugging. They were kissing. They were crying. I had laughter. They were standing up <laughs> chanting. I, I rock the room. It's really fun. I have fun when we do those things. But ironically enough... Um, now we're talking about, you know, follow-up with mentorship programs and women's leadership programs and being able to take, you know, a keynote and be able to show them how to put a system in place to use it and spread it and make it work. But one of the executives there is a senior, 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 senior level female mm. and never played golf before, ever. Hmm. So... Her company spends gajillions of dollars, I don't know what the number is, but many millions on sponsorship for the PGA Tour, and she is a high-ranking executive and just joined our league and just had her first season as a beginner, and uh, well, fair to say wow. she's at least my age, right, let's just say, and right. um, had so much fun, so much fun. So when does a woman who walks around as an EVP or SVP or vice president of a major global company, you know, you have a certain um, stature and a certain way you carry yourself when you're in your office because you're the leader, mm -hmm. and then you get to go kick off your shoes, change into your, you know, your spikeless sneakers, and, you know, at 5.30 in the afternoon, go out for two hours, hit a few balls, go to the, you know, the pub after the 19th hole, have a, you know, cob salad and a beer or whatever you choose to have and relax and be one of the gang. Right. Think about that. It's pretty cool. It's really, really yeah, it, cool. It, it's huge. And, you know, it, it also um, is interesting because another point that, uh, that really you make with, with what we're talking about here is, you know, Growing an organization is one thing. I mean, there's lots of, as I mentioned, there's lots of great organizations out there that, you know, can fill up and get members, but then they don't know what to do once they've got all the members there. Where do they go next? What's the next natural progression? We've got the membership built up to a nice little number, but now we need to figure out how we're going to move it into the next direction. And this is really where, where you are stepping in now with what you're doing and able to, to approach these different organizations, not only ones that you've built up uh, and helped to build up uh, to a successful level, 
but now you're able to take them to the next level. And, and here you are, you're, you're talking about uh, a, a woman who has been involved at an executive level that really was not exposed to golf. And now she's had her first season. She's, you know, uh, as a beginner, uh, granted, but she's had that experience. Now she's going to see and reap the benefits of not only uh, from a social standpoint, but from a business standpoint, she can now understand why so many people have gravitated to golf because it is really a personal journey. Golf is mimics life as we all know in so many ways. And there's so many things that we take away from golf that we can use and vice versa that we can use um, in our own uh, personal lives. So this is something that you're helping to do. And I, and I think it's great. And this is why I enjoyed uh, having you on the program before. And you've also utilized your skills in helping to connect um, with a lot of great people. You know, you mentioned Carolyn um, Samaro and also her partner, Stacey uh, Sorrentino from B-Skins. Uh, people like this who are in uh, in a business environment, who are catering to the uh, sports-minded uh, or the athletic-minded uh, individual, you're helping them to connect with organizations uh, and uh, groups, if you will, in order to help grow their businesses. Talk a little bit about some of the ways that you're helping these people to connect. Well, it's interesting. So part of it is a matter of making introductions to whether it be organizations, um, whether it be places like the PGA Show or the Merchandise Associations and things like that. Um, I've got friends that are similar to them, but down in Texas and other parts, Caddy Golf Apparel, Jill Johnson, one of my friends who mm -hmm. I met and hung out with last year at the PGA Show. That's where we bonded. So, um, you know, sharing war stories, partnering, sharing resources, um, even for, you know, with Carolyn and Stacy, helping them understand who they are as a brand and coming up with their personal brand and their expertise. So in other words, when they came on the show, it wasn't just talking about their their product line. They really mm -hmm. came on because, you know, Carolyn is really an expert in color management and the psychology of color. So giving right. her a talk around your power in color and helping uh, individuals, golf pros, and pro shops understand how color affects sales, how to better merchandise. Um, we just had her. She was my guest on the hour-long webinar uh, for mm -hmm. the Golf Expo the other day. She was amazing. She had so many yep. pieces of advice and teaching people how they could turn around, how golf shops, golf pro shops could turn around and make a two or three or four piece sale by selling ensembles, how easy it is to do that if you set your rack up a certain way, you know, offer a sweater or jacket, you know, two shirts, a skirt, two skirts, a jacket and a shirt. And now you've got something that somebody like me, when I go away to the PGA show, could take that and, and live a couple of days out of that. Right. And, so and it, raises it saves me money. It saves me time. I'm smart. And now my, my pro shops just sold me five pieces instead of one. You know, and, and here's, uh, again, <laughs> right? well, exactly, exactly. And this goes back to what, what the point I was making earlier uh, about really the industry needing to take a hard look at this and, and understand that there's a whole new demographic um, that's just waiting to be um, invited, if you will. And and I think one of the things by, by getting into the pro shops and into the golf stores and really, uh, you know, going after the women's market, and it's not just a matter of stocking the shelves, but it's putting some thought uh, behind it. If you look at most of the um, major stores out there that have for generations, if you will, or years, catered to the women's market, They've created a technique, if you will, that has been very, very effective. 
um, in, in encouraging and enticing and, and inviting women to come into their places of business. This is an area that the golf industry has lacked on, uh, in for, for many, many years. You know, they'll throw a few outfits up and they'll throw a few things up, but it's very, been very, very um, haphazard, the efforts. And this is where I think there's an opportunity for somebody like yourself and, and even myself through the program in really educating, and that's really what it boils down to, is educating uh, not only the consumer, but educating an industry on how to open the floodgates, uh, if you will, to a market that they really have not tapped into. Now, there's lots of um, great young professionals on the LPGA and Symmetra Tours and, and even on the, the uh, Legends Tour for the ladies um, and that, that certainly um, many uh, young women can look up to. Um, but not everybody's going to be an aspiring tour pro. So for the business women and for the moms that are out there, the moms that are out there and just maybe the small business owner out there, that doesn't know, as you indicated earlier, doesn't know um, what it means to drive the ball 250 yards and doesn't understand some of the lingo, um, how do they go about getting in there? So this is some things that we need to work on um, collectively, if you will, in the golf industry to be able to open those doors. And these are things that you're doing through your connecting and your networking um, through social media and, and uh, face-on um, uh, you know, expos, et cetera, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give you another example. It's funny how the nonprofit, it's, it's funny, Ted, I feel like the zone is just getting clearer and clearer and clearer because it's coming from all angles. So um, I went to another chamber and spoke with them. They have a little golf program that they started. And I went to the kickoff last year. It was, it was wonderful. There was about 75, 80 women, which is a wonderful, wonderful turnout. And they had a nice little follow-up beginner clinic, six weeks, you know, like a Get Golf Ready program, and Mm -hmm. wonderful. So I went to them this year and said, uh, by the way, we're with this organization. We have 500 women. We're from all over the area swarming and surrounding and in your county and your coverage area. So we'd love to collaborate because you have started something wonderful but we'd love to be able to be a resource because perhaps our women may need to know about your organization and your right. organization, let's say, because they only offer it one day a week. So what happens mm-hmm. if Mary can only play on Tuesday and your lessons are Monday? Right. So, you know, it's it's an interesting, sometimes it's just as simple as opening doors with conversations. And not everybody says yes and wants you with open no. arms because you just never know. But the fact is we are having those kinds of conversations with other organizations. Again, I'm all about laws of attraction Mm. and collaboration. If we stop thinking competitively and start thinking about helping each other, it's mind-boggling how much further we will all get together. Right. And that's the spirit from which I operate, and that's the spirit from which I teach and from which I coach. So even tomorrow when I do my public speaking program for uh, these business folks for one of the chambers of commerce, it's going to be very much about what is your why, what is your story, how to be a storyteller, how to have goals at the end. You know, when you have a conversation, whether it's us sharing this nice conversation on this interview or whether you're speaking on from a stage or whether you're doing, you know, I have uh, well financial and health executives that are going to be talking that speak one-on-one to families at their dining room table, helping them understand that you shouldn't be there to shove it down someone's throat. You have right. a need, they have a need 
they need what you want. Maybe not everyone needs what you want, but there's enough people out there. You want to reach them as people. You want to have your story straight, engage them as people, be able to tell the story, be able to have a way for them to buy, make it clear, and make it engaging. So, you know, part of what I'm doing now is working with the New Jersey PGA and putting some programs, suggesting some things so that they can recommend and some of the golf pros will be able to take courses and get um, MSR credit for Hmm. some of our programs because even, you know, marketing to women. Right. I, I think I could teach them a thing or two. I actually was a uh, consultant, too. There's a conference called Marketing to Moms, and there's another one called Marketing to Women. And I used to fly to Laguna Beach and Chicago because um, I worked you know, with places like WebMD and Everyday Health, and I did major stuff with brands like Procter & Gamble and huge, huge brands marketing to women um, for many, many, many years. So the fact that I now have golf as another layer, that's an add-on. So this is not like it's a new market that I'm just figuring out now. It's the market I've always played to. I just now realize golf could be a piece of that demographics happy spot. Yeah, and 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 that's so true. And, and you know, that's a, a great way really to look at things as well. And, and this is really what I'm talking about, Pat. Is is you know, as, as I transitioned into 2016, as I was talking with my my earlier guests on the panel, you know, we have to always think of new ways to grow the game and and I want to you know utilize the program I you know this is going into my fourth year with the program now and each and every week it continues to grow it continues to to draw uh, a bigger and bigger audience um but it also in addition to the to the regular audience of of you know would be uh, golf uh, um you know golfers out there it's also drawing more and more people from within the profession that want to take part and help develop and continue to grow not only the program, but also the, the idea of what I'm trying to do here. And so, you know, I'm getting constantly people reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, I've been listening to the program or so-and-so has been on the program and they've been talking about it. And again, through that networking and, and um, you know, um, discussions as you've talked about, this is what's happening for me with the program. So this is why I'm trying to, um, you know, bring people together through this format and being able to um, expand it. And one of the things I'm looking at doing, as I mentioned earlier, with the show next year is taking it to sort of the next step and as adding the visual component to it um, where I will take the, the show on the road, if you will, to, you know, some different locations and do a live broadcast, which will not only include um, the the discussions like we're having now, but also maybe have um, some of the coaches and instructors um, do some, you know, hands-on lessons, or maybe even doing some demonstrations live, and having some great uh, guests and showcasing resorts. I've got some great ideas for that as well. So this is sort of the natural progression of the program, and I've already had a number of people reach out in that area. So, you know, we're kind of doing the same thing, you and I, in, in a roundabout way, by trying to uh, network and grow the game through various different resources. And I know that you've got a great offer um, that you mentioned earlier that you want to share uh, for those that want to take part of uh, some of the things that you're doing with the expos coming up in the new year. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Like I said, one of the things I want to do, I don't think that price should be a problem. I think that value should be the promise, right? So if Mm -hmm. people are looking to grow their business, I've got a monstrous – reach between our media buying and our mailing list 
and our 100-plus vendors and our eight to 10,000 people just at the Meadowlands show that are going to be walking through the door. So if there's anyone listening that is interested in reaching, um, and, and not just golf you know, equipment people, certainly I want them. I want all of them. Sure. Uh, golf clubs, we, you know, Champions Gates on board, and we just keep getting more and more and more from all over that are looking to become part of it because they want people. People from North Jersey get on a plane and fly wherever they feel like golfing. There's right. no doubt about that. We do. So um, I have open door policy that I'm welcoming people from all over the world who want to get involved. If you're looking to grow business with a demographic market in the Northeast from Atlantic City and Meadowlands, which is right outside New York City and New Jersey, all the way up through Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Saratoga, New York, um, happy to put them in. We, Whether it be as an exhibitor or as a sponsor, we're doing a buy four shows, get the fifth show free. I want there to be value before the doors ever open to the first show. That's the goal that we're aiming for. We're doing a lot to enable people. We've got some people that have a conflict and can't physically attend, and they are sponsoring, right. and we have either we're staffing booths for them, we've created ways to engage, we've got people that are giving foursomes, and we're auctioning and getting them involved in a pre-event auction um, because they want groups and outings. We've got simulators that are going to be participating in courses that will participate in the World Team Championship qualifying rounds because we're going to have mm-hmm. this outdoor event in September. So they can be involved. We can drive and host events at different facilities from now all the way through the fall for them. So we're a year-round operation. Um, We're offering the Tuesday Tips program where you'll have a chance to come on and highlight and talk about what makes you special and actually extend an offer. So that that is definitely something that is available. I'm also giving away a copy of my – sneak copy of my e-book – 50 Rocks Life Lessons for Success, and it's got a couple of chapters, Million Dollar Secrets to Start Your, um, Grow Your Life with Golf. So that's at thebusinessboomer.com forward slash golf, thebusinessboomer.com forward slash golf. And then uh, the other piece is that, again, if people are, Looking to get involved, we're going to be doing, um, I'm I'm offering a free discovery session. So anybody that's looking to kind of brainstorm where they want to take their marketing and coaching for next year, I'm doing a lot with resorts, with country clubs, with golf professionals, whether they want to put a, a Get Golf Healthy Nutrition program into their program to add revenue, whether they're looking for better help with marketing, whether they're looking for better ways to market to women. So we're putting horses together for um, both PGA professionals for resorts and other, you know, again, people trying to reach that demographic. So thebusinessboomer.com forward slash discover is the URL to uh, go on and there's a a brief little application and in 48 hours we get back to people and let them know if they qualify. We'll do a free discovery session and figure out if there's a way to really help them, you know, rock their business. It may not be for everybody, but if it's, you know, I'm trying to make it, that's my giving back. I believe in tithing, um, not just financially, but tithing your spirit, tithing your energy, um, and and giving back. So that's one of my ways. So if I can give people a piece of my brain, let them pick my brain, and let's figure out if there are ways that we can work together. I'm getting involved with people like Rich O'Brien in the Carolinas, doing stuff with Project Hope for the disabled and the one the one-handed lady golfer Gianna Rojas, so we're getting her out and about nationally now. It's kind of fun, wow. it's growing. 
<laughs> yeah, that, it's that's just fantastic. growing and growing. I got this funny well, feeling 2016 is going to be a great year. Yeah, and well, 2015 has been a great year as well, and and I, I concur with you, and I, I agree. This is really, um, really about giving back. You know, I I enjoy what it is that I do in, in golf. You know, I've I've enjoyed the teaching aspect and still still do. Um, but there was something that you know I felt more that I could do, and and it was really sharing the knowledge, um, not only that I have. Um, which is which is fine in itself, but I wanted to be able to do more in that, and that was really sort of the the birth of of Golf Talk Live, and then obviously the natural progression uh, a year later was uh, added the Women of Golf, which um, uh, Cindy Miller very graciously uh, agreed to come in and, and co-host with me, and she's done a fantastic job of uh, not only getting some great guests coming on, but uh, really sharing some of her knowledge and experience. Uh, and struggles uh, as not only a golf uh, teacher but a golf uh, player as well. As you know, talked about a number of times her, you know, journey struggling uh, on the, on the tours and things like that, and some of the challenges that that uh, that she faced. And she, uh, you know, in addition to yourself, are probably among the hardest working women in golf that I know. And, you know, a lot of the great women out there that uh, that do so much work and give back. Uh, and Cindy certainly gives a lot of her time to so many different people. And um, she's, you know, certainly starting to, to be well-recognized even more than what she was before just because of that alone. Um, putting all of her skills as a golfer and a golf professional aside, just her humanitarian um, efforts and things like that, just giving back uh, to so many different people. And so I, uh, hats off to you and, and, of course, hats off to to my friend Cindy Miller. Uh, for doing She's amazing. that. amazing. She really, you know, kindred spirits all the way, Ted. You surround yourself yeah. with wonderful people. And by well, the way, coming down to Orlando, I, my flights are booked, so we should we should definitely make plans down there because I will yeah. definitely be there. I think I'm coming in the Tuesday night, and I'll be leaving, of course, sometime on the Friday. So there'll be some time in there. We'll, we'll definitely uh, connect and make a point of that. But, um, Wow, it's hard to believe, but uh, our, our time is is coming up. So let me just um, very quickly give you an opportunity to just uh, go over the the offers again, um, and then uh, also maybe you could um, give an idea of, of the dates uh, if you can with some of the expos coming up uh, in New Jersey uh, areas and surrounding areas, just to let those that might be interested in knowing when they're going to be. Um, and if you don't have exact dates, uh, that's fine. Just even a general uh, time frame. Golf Expo is February 19th to 21st, and that's going to be in Secaucus, New Jersey, which is Giants Jet Stadium right outside New York City. Um, that is February 19th to 21st. Then uh, following that, sprinkled through later February and March, will be the Saratoga and Rhode Island and Massachusetts shows. And then the Atlantic City show is September 20th, to 23rd that will have the world team championship so there will be a three day and it's a midweek thing so that'll be cool um and it'll be great because we'll be able to have qualifiers all year and then send them down for that event which is really awesome so for any of the golf expo related things um they can contact me i have the authority to do a buy for get the fifth show free so for anybody looking to really reach the northeast they want to own the Northeast, we can give you that on a platter. And, you know, whether it be as an exhibitor, we've got a few. I've sold a lot, but we do have a few um, unique sponsorship opportunities that are left. So, um, again, buy four, get 
the fifth one free, they can email me at pat at thebusinessboomer.com, um, thebusinessboomer.com, pat at thebusinessboomer.com. My cell is 973-809-4445. That's 973-809-4445. I will be putting up some uh, offers and promotions on my website, but I am uh, our free ebook. 50 Rocks Life Lessons for Success, which includes a few chapters uh, talking about how to use golf to get in the game and get ahead in life. Um, so that's thebusinessboomer.com forward slash golf. Um, I'm helping a lot of people, Ted. We didn't talk a lot about nutrition this time of year, but no. we've got my Get Golf Healthy program has really been crazy. Everybody's buckling down. I've gotten more phone calls for people saying, I'm not gaining 10 pounds through December. I refuse. Help me. So it's funny. That's been <laughs> quite a, you know, they're just coming. I'm not, I'm not even calling them. They're just showing up, which is cool. But uh, that's the businessboomer.com forward slash health, H-E-A-L-T-H, health. And, uh, again, 973-809-4445 or thebusinessboomer.com slash discover. I will do a complimentary 30-minute discovery session if anybody's looking to grow their golf business or grow their business with golf. Perfect. That? that that was I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Pat, thank you uh, as always. It was good to have you on the on the show, and I enjoyed uh, listening to some of the great ways that you're, um, you know, looking to not only grow the game but but help others out there grow their businesses, and and that's something that I'm always passionate about as well. And uh, it's nice to know that um, that you can surround yourself with with people that are on the same page. And uh, I enjoy doing that as much as you do. So um, we will continue to uh, combine our efforts and, and work uh, to a successful 2016. And uh, I, I, I will certainly do whatever I can uh, with the program to help uh, promote, uh, as I always do, um, things that are going on, not only in the specifically in the golf industry, but businesses as well. So if I can do anything uh, further than what I've already done, by all means, feel free to hes- uh, don't hesitate rather to uh, to reach out to me, Pat. But I want to thank you very much for joining me on Golf Talk Live tonight. I enjoyed the conversation, and um, if if you can, um, when you get a chance here in the next few days, if you can send me out uh, or or the link to where I can go and get the dates, I'll be more than happy to promote the uh, expos coming up for the new year. You got it. Sounds great. Thank you so All much. Right. Have a happy holiday, and I will see you very – it's only going to be a few weeks before we uh, blink. No, we'll be there. Uh, exactly. <laughs> All right, Pat, have a great uh, a great uh, weekend, and I look forward to uh, seeing you down at the PGA Show. Sounds great, Ted. Thank you. Take care. You're, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, that was my very special guest uh, ending out tonight's uh, show, uh, Pat Roke, the business boomer. And uh, you can go to thebusinessboomer.com to get more information and uh, on some of the things that we talked about tonight. I want to also give a special thank you to the Coach's Corner panel. I know we had a a panel, a light panel discussion tonight and uh, certainly not trying to invent the wheel, but I just want to give them our opportunity to to talk a little bit about some of their uh, experiences that they've had over the years and and leading up to uh, their successful careers. So I want to, uh, again, give a special thanks to uh, John Hughes uh, Bob Foreman, and of course, uh, Jamie Leno-Zimron. Uh, thank you guys uh, for, for coming on the panel discussion tonight. And a, again, uh, a special thank you to my, my guest tonight, uh, Pat Roke, the, the business boomer. Thank you, Pat, for, for all that you do. Uh, I want to give a, a, a super special thank you, I guess is the way to put it, um, 
to all of the listeners worldwide for faithfully tuning in each and every week uh, to my program, Golf Talk Live, and also to uh, the Women of Golf show on Tuesday mornings. Uh, Sydney and I enjoy uh, doing these presentations and, and, um, and having some great guests uh, in the golf profession and sharing some of their thoughts and, and ideas and, and, uh, and how they can help you uh, become a better golfer, and also how you can uh, develop and, and grow your businesses as well. We try to cover all aspects of, of golf. Um, I certainly enjoy, and I do get a tremendous amount of pleasure. I'm not just saying that an enjoyment of having uh, really a, a number of highly talented uh, coaches, teach professionals, authors, and entrepreneurs uh, stop by the shows, and it's really through their participation and guest appearances that really have helped to make Golf Talk Live a first-class show. And on behalf of some of the sponsors and supporters of this show, I want to thank uh, special thank yous to uh, Jonathan Laird from South Coast Golf Guide. Go to southcoastgolfguide.com. And you can get a copy of the guide uh, through there. Uh, it's a great publication. It's been around for over 20 years. Jonathan does a fantastic job. Uh, and yours truly, of course, is an advertiser in the guide. You can see me in there. Uh, and he promotes uh, really some great golf here in the southeastern part of the United States. So go to southcoastgolfguide.com uh, is the website. And also uh, visit South Coast Golf Guide on Facebook. And make sure while you're there, throw a few likes uh, while you're there. Uh, some great information, some great uh, specials that are going on, always uh, promoted on the site. And uh, Jonathan's a big supporter of the show as well. So thank you, Jonathan, for all your continued support. Uh, Meredith Kirk from Meredith Kirk Golf, uh, MeredithKirk.com. She's a great uh, professional, LPJ and uh, USGTF uh, professional. And she was also the 2014 Mrs. South Carolina uh, winner and uh, went on to uh, um, go into the Mrs. USA pageant uh, that followed. Um, and uh, always uh, represents very well. And thank you for all of your uh, work that you do in the golf industry as well. And thank you for supporting the program. Uh, my good friends, Nikki and Tiffany Litherland, thank you for all of your help in spreading the word for the program. And my good friends from uh, from down under uh, in Australia who now reside here in the United States, up in, I believe, the Maryland area. Uh, thank you guys for all of your continued work. And, uh, and Nikki, we'll, we'll talk soon here in the new year and, and have you come on the program here. Nikki, of course, is a great uh, golf professional himself. Uh, Mr. Bernie Pinder, uh, President, CEO, and founder of Ontic Golf, a uh, great line of custom putters who um, I'm working with uh, very closely here in the, in the new year. Uh, and we'll talk more about that as, as things progress. But thank you, Bernie, for, for all of your continued support. Uh, Mr. Sean Kelly, owner of LinkedGolfers.com, uh, a great LinkedIn uh, business network uh, golf group, the largest group actually in LinkedIn. I believe it's over 35 or 36,000 members now. Uh, and he's brought that out on his uh, own platform, linkedgolfers.com. Uh, so make sure that you go and visit that uh, website as well. Thank you, Sean, for all of your continued support. And of course, last but not least, my good buddy, Mr. Pete uh, Doyle, Peter Doyle, excuse me, from Doyle Golf Solutions over in Ireland. Thank you for your uh, continued support as well of the program. Thank you, everybody, and have a great, uh, great week. And next week, of course, will be uh, the last uh, shows uh, of the year. Uh, for both uh, the Women of Golf, which airs Tuesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, and, of course, Golf Talk Live, uh, which is 6 to 8 uh, p.m. Thursday evenings. Uh, next week will be the last show for 2015, and then we'll be starting up again the first week of January, just after following after New Year. So thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show uh, as we're getting prepared to wind down the end of the year. And, again, thank you all for uh, for all of your continued support. Make sure you go to my personal page uh, on Facebook, Ted Odorico, and the last name is O-D-O-R-I-C-O. 
and uh, also make sure uh, for updates and also go to the Facebook page uh, on facebook.com forward slash golf talk live blog. And if you haven't done so, uh, make sure that you go and like the page while you're there. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week, and I will see you next Thursday, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Golf Talk Live. God bless everybody.